Hello everybody and welcome to Fly in the Lab. My name is Maria and I am a scientist, PhD student, science communicator and host of this podcast. Fly in the Lab is a place so we can all chat and laugh about our science confessions and lab mishaps. A place so we can dispel myths about scientists and really share some of the humour that gets us through the day-to-day struggles, of which there are many. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you enjoy listening to Fly in the Lab. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fly in the Lab. Thank you again for joining me. If you're new here, thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. My name is Maria. If you don't already know that, although I think I do actually say that in the intro, so maybe I shouldn't introduce myself twice, but hello, all the same. I hope that you've had a lovely week. I am recording this in, oh, it's early February. It is an evening and I'm in a great mood today. (laughs) I have had a really good day. It's been busy. Uh, It's been quite a few busy weeks, actually, and actually it's it's been busy but it's actually been not the nicest couple of weeks but today has actually been really really positive I have had some undergraduates in and although I'm always a little bit nervous about having undergraduates in the lab it was actually a really nice day today I'm always just a little bit worried that I'm just not kind of knowledgeable and educated enough (laughs) daft as that sounds to you know look after these students and at the end of the day you know they are paying for an experience and you want them to get the most out of it. So I always do get a little bit worried about that, but it was a really positive day. We were doing some DNA extractions. So extracting some DNA from some fruit flies or Drosophila, if you're in the community. (laughs) Um, And it went really, really well. Um, The students aren't actually in for a couple of weeks now because of like COVID regulations and sort of building capacity regulations. So tomorrow I think I'll have a cheeky little look at their overnight incubations of the DNA and have a look at the concentrations and let them know via email how they've done because I think it's always nice to kind of get a little update about how you've done and especially when you're kind of an undergrad and you're just starting out I think it's quite a nice little ego boost so I'll do that tomorrow but I am obviously recording this now tonight because I have an episode coming out tomorrow And that is what you're hopefully going to be listening to now. So I don't want to say too much about who I have as a guest this week, but I had such a lovely time speaking to him. He was an absolute delight and editing this footage has been great as well. He really was an excellent guest and I would definitely have him on again. I know I say that for everybody, but you know, I'm saying it again. So I'll stop chattering on. I hope that you all have a lovely time listening to this episode. And yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. So welcome back, everybody. And thank you again for joining me on Fly in the Lab. This week, I have the pleasure of speaking to Joe Fester. Joe, thank you so much for agreeing to come on to my podcast. And would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Thank you for having me on. I'm super excited to be on this podcast today. Hopefully we have a good chat. Uh, so yeah, so my name is Joe. I'm currently a PhD student at De Montfort University in molecular biology and nutrition. And my research is investigating elderberry extract and its degradation products, which are phenolic metabolites. And I look at the effect of these, the bioavailability 
on endothelial function. So I'm interested to see a particular vascular function, the endothelium, which is in the vasculature, and yeah, what kind of uh, protective properties they have. That's the most basic way I can <laughs> put it. Uh, as you can tell, I am Welsh, so I do apologise for anyone who <laughs> doesn't understand the thick Welsh accent, but I'll try and speak as slow and clear as I can. No, you have a lovely accent. I was, I, I, was it my dad who I was talking to earlier and he was asking who I have on tonight and I was saying I was yeah, going to yeah. speak to you. And I was like, Joe has the nicest accent. Like, the, I don't know, is this a weird thing to say? But like, you know, those people who like read the bedtime stories on like CBBS. <laughs> like, I feel like you'd be amazing at that. <laughs> yeah, I have been told that. That's quite funny. Yeah, just a nice valley valley accent oh honestly it's delightful so don't don't <laughs> apologize for a second if they can understand oh, me yeah. they'll understand you we'll be fine yeah yep you know so, um do you want to kind of tell people about your like journey how you've got to where you are and it like what stage of your phd you're at at the minute yeah of course so i did my undergrad in sports science funny enough and um from there then i went to i, I did that at gloucester university and then I went to Loughborough for my master's. And the nice thing with Loughborough is it's a fantastic uh, university for research. So I really got to see a bit of both worlds, really, the health-related topics as well as uh, the sports-related topics. And I quickly, I, I knew really in my undergrad as well that I was a lot more interested in uh, cell biology and biochemistry kind of stuff. And when I got the opportunity to kind of do a project I was really interested at in Loughborough. I was looking at uh, different exercise intensities on the development of cancer growth. It really gave me a good insight on, you know, using lifestyle applications as uh, I say medical treatments, but, you know, reducing the risk of dis different diseases and understand the mechanisms really got me excited. Mm. And that's why I decided then to do a PhD in, uh, as I said previously, in molecular biology and nutrition at De Montfort, where it's just specifically uh, biochemistry using you know the general uh, techniques that you would use or so cell culture uh, western water and pcr and yeah i don't even work with humans anymore yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just cells now so did you <laughs> yeah. find that quite a big jump then kind of when you had that sports background to then jump more into kind of like medical sciences and like healthcare? how did you kind of find that jump yeah it a lot of people ask me that. They're always really shocked when I say my background sports science, especially because I'm, you know, doing a PhD in such a niche topic now. But I think when you enjoy something, you'll learn something quite quick anyway, and you'll learn it well. So at the start, yeah, I was going to have a disadvantage of, you know, not having the background like other people would. But as soon as you, you know, what a PhD is like when you're in the lab yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> when you apply, reading, yeah. Uh, you just get good at it and yeah I'm really enjoying it and even though I'm in my final year so yeah yeah, yeah we're both sort of uh, looking at each other like <laughs> with wide eyes I know yeah so yeah final year so hopefully I can get that done yeah and, and when uh, when yeah. is it that you finish so I'm January 2023 okay yeah I think yeah, December 2022, maybe. Oh, so we're, we're very close. We'll be we'll be like yeah. messaging, like, it's awful. We're stressed <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Why is it so hard? And then we'll just be like writing and yeah, yeah oh, have to sit down and actually write. No, let's, let's not. Let's not talk about that. That's uh, <laughs> It's going to lower the tone. 
yeah yeah but you but want yeah. to continue into research afterwards as well I think that's what you said the last time that we spoke anyway is that still the same or have you sickened off yet yeah 100 I absolutely love research awesome. I love just being in the lab um yeah I enjoy the lab so much I really do so yeah looking for a postdoc position um not really sure where yet but I'm quite open actually so that's, oh soon. that's good yeah why go I feel like if you're open go abroad do something yeah. like a year somewhere really exotic and somewhere that like you've always wanted to go I feel like if you're going to do it that's the time to do it mm. yeah definitely 100% I'm just a massive home bird and yeah. I, I I want to be that person that's like yes I'm going to go and like live in Geneva for a year but I just I don't know why I said Geneva but you know, <laughs> you know I just I just can't I don't I just can't Oh, I don't know I just I'm such a like oh I really want to stay in the north but then I feel like that's limiting my options so I wish I was a bit more like you but there we Are go. Are you gonna stay is that the plan for you then stay up north? Yeah I think so I'd like to stay up north I think what I've kind of said to myself is if it was like the right position and like the right opportunity somewhere else then so be it I think I'm just gonna let whatever play out play out but I'm not sure exactly what it is that I want to do yet. I'm very much torn in between kind of like research or maybe going more down like the like science communication and engagement route. I'm very oh, much like I have no idea right now. So keep my options as open as possible. Um, I, oh, I just don't know. It's something that's really stressing me out. So I'm trying not to think about it too much. <laughs> yeah, no. At least, well, are you enjoying your final year though? Is it going well? Yeah, well, yeah. Mm yeah um yeah no I am I am it's I feel like the start of January it was almost like somebody had slapped me in the face and I was I, it was like honestly such a shock to the system and I think it's just because it really set in that that was going to be my final year and I had to get everything done it wasn't a case of like oh well, I'll do that in third year it was like nope this is this is crunch time um so I did have a little bit where I was really stressed out and like really like not coming to terms with it very well but now I feel like I've done myself a Gantt chart I know what I need to do and I'm just trying to remain as calm as possible and be like right I know that realistically I can get everything done within this year I just need to get my head down and even if things go wrong just try and kind of keep going and hope for the best I feel like so much has gone wrong up until this point I really haven't had much luck so I'm just like Fingers crossed everything goes right now. I've done hopefully all of the stupid things that you can do and moving forward, we should be okay. So yeah. Yeah. But it's, oh. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's sad really It in some ways because I think, you know, and I'm sure you'll agree with me. You work for so hard to get onto that PhD and then the PhD is the goal and you don't think about what comes after that. At least I haven't. And then now that I've kind of got to third gen, I'm like, Oh, it's all going to be over in a year and in some ways like, it's amazing obviously like I want to get my doctorate but at the same time I'm like oh it's sad like it has been nice and I have really enjoyed it and it's like the end of that chapter that's coming so it makes me a bit sad at the same time but yeah yeah I know what you mean I, I did a Gantt chat as well last week <laughs> <laughs> on Excel was on YouTube how to make a Gantt chat oh um, so you you probably did a fancy one but it's just on like microsoft word yeah. in like a table it's like really really <laughs> pathetic oh uh, no it was so it was good seeing the gantt chart because especially i think when you start writing everything down you're like oh my gosh there's so much to do and as you said when you're in first and second you're like oh just 
I'll leave it till next year. Mm. But now you're like, okay, there is no next year. You need to, you need to get it done. Yeah, this so is, yeah. Like, this is it. Oh, but, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. How a Gantt chart just makes you feel so much better about your life. You're just like, I've got my life in order. <laughs> I've got myself a chart. <laughs> yeah, I got my Gantt chart, bro. Like, look at it. Look at well, me, you I'm sound organized. so lame. <laughs> I know, I know, Norton template, but, uh, uh, but yeah, we'll it's get there. Fun. We'll we get will, there. we will. Well, yeah. I think we'll kick off then with the poll of the week before I ask you for your confessions, of which uh, when we spoke before, you've assured me you've got some good ones, so I'm looking forward to hearing them. Well, I hope they're good. I'm sure they will. But the poll that I've picked this week is, do you ever feel scared to speak up in a meeting where everyone else is senior to you? So yes or no do you want to have a guess of what way the vote went and then a guess at the percentages of what way oh okay I've, I've not seen this before this is quite interesting so I've got to guess what I think the, the ratio is is it yeah I mean think about this maybe from the perspective of who do you think follows me what do they do and are they likely to have a superiority complex? <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to say 36% will speak up and then 64, what did I say, 36? Yeah, 64% won't. I think it's, it's difficult. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I'm going to stick with that. Okay. So... 89% said that they oh. would feel scared and wouldn't speak up. Wow. And 11% said that they would speak up and they wouldn't feel scared. So I was quite surprised at that. I was like, oh, yeah. wow, that's... But then I, so I, the reason why I actually put this poll up is because I was going to have a meeting the next week hmm. where I was the most junior person there by quite a lot. And I was absolutely terrified. And I, I had like, I prepared for it and like I'd been specially invited to it. And I had a list of like things that I would talk about if they asked me anything. I'd like briefed myself beforehand. And yet still going into it, I was like, I can almost guarantee I'm not going to say anything here because I just felt like everyone was going to look at me and be like, what on earth are you doing here and I don't know I don't know if that's a me thing or if it's like a PhD student scientist kind of like when do you class yourself as an expert in what you're talking about or when do you kind of class yourself as somebody who would want to talk about your subject and I think a lot of at least this is how I kind of took it I think a lot of PhD students are like oh I maybe wouldn't want to speak up until I have my PhD. And that's when I'm like, right, I'm an expert. I can kind of hold my own now. And then like, that's at least that's how I kind of interpreted it. I, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but that's kind of what I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, I think it even comes back to, you know, like just an undergraduate. I've noticed recently, especially when I've seen people given a lecture I'm quite surprised by at the end of how many people actually ask a question. Mm. It's like dead silent and you're like, okay, come on, there must be a few questions. And then yeah. You notice when one person asks a question, everyone else then seems to follow. So I'm wondering if it's one of them things. Um, I've never been, well, yeah, I guess I've been, I've been to talks where, yes, obviously 
I'm the I'm a PhD student, so I'm like the lowest, you know, in terms of there's like lecturers, uh, professors, and stuff there. But there's always been a few other PhD students. I've kind of always gone with the motto of just it's always good to ask questions. I think that's that's a nice thing with science, isn't it? You know, if you want to find things out, you either research it yourself or you ask someone. Yeah. Um, how to do it so that's yeah that's quite surprising I'm shocked I wasn't expecting that I thought it was going to be completely different but then I guess it depends on what institute as well you know I'm from, I'm from a very small institution you know so when I'm in a meeting if I'm in a meeting with my research group there's only like five or six people there so that is a good point because I remember speaking to you about this on your podcast where Uh, we're in a very similar position where we've both come from quite small lab groups so I'm probably the same I would go to my supervisor and say something and as you've just said you would as well but then on the flip side when I did my master's degree I was in a lab group with like 20 plus people so I would feel really scared to kind of say something because I was like like the super super junior you know and everybody else was like knee deep into a postdoc sort of like three years in at that point Mm -hmm. so I I get it I think it's disappointing that it goes that way because I think you know you should feel like you are able to voice your opinion but equally I totally get why you wouldn't want to because I wouldn't either (laughs) yeah and even as well like at at PhD level you're still very qualified it's not as if uh I don't know you're still in school or something you know it's, it's not as if you just yeah asking a question on something you completely don't know you've already been researching it for however long if you if you're a phd student so i think it's it's good to ask questions it's 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 um crazy to think that some people think oh i have to have the phd in order to mm. ask a question in that um, hopefully that should change but you know with good science communicators like yourself hopefully Not like us joe like us <laughs> you can make a change on that well I mean I guess that's the goal isn't it and hopefully you know places like this will show that you know every, everyone's normal and no matter what point of this the journey you're on everyone's going to have that kind of imposter syndrome and worry that yeah. they're not worthy enough of voicing their opinion so fingers crossed yeah. that changes but you know obviously we're not just here to talk about this and like give advice to people for all it was very good advice I'm going to ask you now do you have any confessions or anything that you'd like to get off your chest about either kind of your lab work or like your undergraduate an undergraduate degree your master's degree your PhD anything anything that you'd like and that you know will hopefully help people feel better about their own mistakes and mishaps in the lab um so I don't so when I was thinking about this I don't particularly have any confessions in terms of there's nothing I can think of where I've done something like funny in the lab or I've done something silly if you want to say that but I have got a few funny stories and I thought I'd share that but so the first one I've got uh I can't think which one to say first no I know which one (laughs) it was during during my it was during my master's thesis I'm sorry not my master's thesis it was during uh, my year of master's so when I moved to Loughborough as I said, I was really interested in, uh, if you want to say, health and life sciences at that point. So I was kind of in between making that change or the transition from mm. sports science to more health. And I remember speaking to this professor and I was really interested in learning how to do flow cytometry. <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> I 
it, it just really ex- interests me at the time. It was just, I thought it was really interesting because we did um, a module on exercise immunology. Right. And it's quite interesting knowing all the different, like, you know, the T cells and uh, all the different cytokines, how it responds during exercise. I found that really cool. So I said to it, I went up after a talk and I said, oh, you know, I'm really interested in this. And, uh, you know, would I be able to get some experience doing it? And um, she said, yeah, you know, if you want to have a go, then we can arrange for you to uh, to do that. You can work either with my postdoc or with one of my PhD students and we can have a go. I was like, oh, great. This is fantastic. And then it turns out um, this other girl that was on my course, she also uh, asked as well. So two of us went down. And um, so it was the next day and we met the the PhD, PhD student and we're going to have a go. But obviously, you know, well, with flow, you can do cell work, but if you're at Loughborough, you know, it's, it's, it's usually human samples. Right. So anyone who does flow, you know, they're going to want to do work on T cells. Okay. So how do they get T cells? Well, they need to do a venipuncture, take the blood, isn't there? Mm-hmm. And so she was like, well, we need blood in order to you know, I can show you how to use the machine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then the other girl was like, just didn't say nothing. I thought, well, I really want to learn how to do it. And I hate taking, I hate my blood being taken, by the way. Oh, no. So so I just, I volunteered. Like I said, yeah, I'll do it. I'm happy to do it. And I was like, why am I doing this? In my head, I was like, I'm sweating. I'm so brave, yeah. Why am I doing this? I don't even like it. And I did it and I literally, um, she took the blood and I nearly fainted. I oh. was, <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm on a bed, like, <laughs> legs up in the air. The professor comes in. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I should have said, I'm not good at my blood being taken. And she was like, why didn't you just say, you know, we could have got it from someone else. I was like, I was trying to impress. Oh, <laughs> you know, bless you. I was, try- I was trying to look good. And yeah, ended up on a bed, feet up in the air. And yeah, so more of the story. Yeah, do not volunteer for something. <laughs> do not volunteer to get your blood taken if you don't like your blood being taken. Oh, bless you. Oh, you definitely won't be the first or the last to have had to do that. I mean, look at all the people who have to go and do like some sort of dissection as part of their project and they like hit the deck fairly quickly. I would have been one of those people. I'm okay with blood. <laughs> But I'm just not, I'm a little bit squeamish when it comes to like, just like body things in general. And I don't, I don't like dissections. And every time I ever get scheduled for any teaching, I'm always like frantically looking at the protocols, like, please let this not be a dissection. Because there's no way that I could teach people to do it from the floor where I'd be passed out. (laughs) (laughs) But do you know what the funny thing is though? And this doesn't make sense, but Mm. somehow nothing makes sense for me. But I, I'm actually a phlebotomist. I can do the vena puncture myself and I'm really good at it. Like, I enjoy it. So you're okay with other people's blood, just not yeah, your own? because what happened was when I went to De Montfort, I was part of a project where they needed a phlebotomist just to do the vena puncture. Right. So they put me on the course and all that. And then I got some practice. I went back to Loughborough, funny enough, to get some practice in. And I really enjoyed Yeah, it was fine. Mm. It's just... And apparently I actually met a few other people like that as well. Apparently some people they can do it then you know on a different person yeah. forget it themselves yeah oh oh there you go well I mean but, 
hats off to you for admitting that and you know I don't think there's any shame in that whatsoever you definitely won't be the first you won't be the last but you know good for you for powering through and doing it all in the name of research (laughs) I know so yeah never do that again but um it was quite funny but well it wasn't funny at the time because you know she was I felt sorry for the PhD student. She didn't know what was going on. I felt, I'm so sorry. Aww. I was like, there's nothing wrong with me. It's all good. Because I signed the paperwork and all that. But, um, but yeah, that was, that was quite funny. But, well, when you look back now, it's funny anyway. Yeah, it's hindsight, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so the other one I've got, um, this was at, this is during my PhD, this is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a fresh one, I told we you, love it. A fresh one, yeah. Well, st- first year, so still two years old. Nice and fresh fresher than the other one but um as, as you know I do a lot of western blots love western blots yes I love it. you weirdo I, think I'm, <laughs> I know I think I'm the only person who likes blots I don't know why <laughs> but, um yeah so usually well in these newer universities now you get the western blot imager and uh this is when I first started the PhD it was the first technique I learned actually can you imagine okay. that okay gosh they threw you in at the deep end I know, but it was good experience, and I'm glad. And as I said, most of my PhD is blocks. But um, so yes, yeah, so I needed to learn how to do that. I think it was, and then collecting my cell lysets or protein, and um, yeah, I was ready to do a blot. And then the imager had broke, so I was like, great, I can't do any Western blots. The main thing I need to you know get the PhD started. So I go to my supervisor and said, oh look, you know the Western block machines broke, what we're going to do. So we were considering a few other techniques we were thinking of doing, like immune histochemistry, you can localize where the protein is, blah, 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 blah. But then he said, actually, why don't we do the old method of developing it? So the old developer. So do you know when they get pictures? Remember when they used to do it like... Oh, in like those rooms? Yes, the dark rooms. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he suggested let's do it in a dark room. How bougie. (laughs) I know, very nice. And um, <laughs> well, you need to find a dark room first, don't you? Uh, so yeah, we couldn't we couldn't find a dark room, but there right. was this there was this empty room underneath the stairs. So I was in there like Harry Potter, you know, uh, <laughs> underneath the loft. <laughs> and well, it was it was just this quiet room, but it had so much light in there we could not do it. So I went to the shop. And I got some black bin liner. Oh, God. <laughs> and some duct tape. I hope I'm not to say all this. This is very Blue Peter of you. I know. <laughs> and... <laughs> it's like a heart attack. Isn't it? <laughs> I literally got the back black bin... bin... The black bin liners. Uh-huh. Duct taped the whole room. <gasps> so it was completely dark, right? Yeah. I was, re- I was impressed. It, I mean, it sounds really... pretty impressive, to be fair to you. And then, oh, what do you mean? Oh, so you need the red infolight, don't you? Because if you, if the, you have a, a norm... the, yeah. For the developer, right? If mm-hmm. you have a normal light, it'll, it, it won't work, will it? No. And obviously, you need the light to just see where you're going. So he said, right, I'm going to go to B&Q and get you a, you know, a red infrared light, whatever it's called, uh, just for the developer. Comes to Monday, he forgot it. I'm already halfway through this block now. And we're like, what are we going to do? So I go downstairs to the printer and print like a red piece of paper 
and I cover the top, the light that's in there. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I'll just give that a go. Well, it didn't. It didn't work. We had a go. Oh, no. I know. I know. It was so painful. So you had to so, go through all that and it didn't work. Well, this is the thing. So we tried it with the re- the red light weren't working. Right. Well, our man-made red light. We just had a torch, literally like a lamp there. Put the red thing up, piece of paper over. It didn't work. So we go on to option number two. Have to do all of it in the dark. <laughs> so I'm in this room. Kind of like, oh God. In the dark with my supervisor. And it was just the weirdest thing because I had to like pass him stuff like the scissors, like the developer. And we had to do all of this in the dark. And I was just like, what, <laughs> what is going on? Like, this is the. <laughs> oh, I don't know how you did that. But when we turned the light on, mm-hmm. we seen beautiful bands. We were so, I, can, <laughs> I, I just can't believe. So yeah, so if anyone's doing Western blots and your imager breaks, you can contact me on Instagram, Twitter, and I will teach you how to make your own dark room for Western blots. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. Oh, that's so to be fair, that's really ingenious. Like, I don't know if I would have had the patience to do that. I would have just been like, no, sorry, we can't do it like that. Good for you. Yeah. Well done. I, oh, I know. I, I just like, as soon as I got the black bin line, I thought, this ain't going to work, is it? And then the, <laughs> the lamp. Well, they're not the nicest blots, but it was my first ever block in a dark room that I made. So. Oh, you'll have to like print it off and like frame it. I feel like your first blot's always, it's always a special one that you can like keep keep near to your heart. Yeah. Have you done your first blot now? No, so I still haven't done any Western blots. And I oh, think, okay. fingers crossed, I'm going to get away without having doing any. Oh, nice. That'd Maybe, nice. we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely like on the agenda, but whether or not we get round to it, is a whole nother story because we've kind of gone down a bit of a different avenue now and we're doing some sequencing mm. so it oh, might not come nice. to that but yeah but I in like I think it's the same like well it's not the same because I don't think it's it's you don't kind of put as much into it but like getting a, like a gel to earth like your first PCR and you can see the band and it's crisp and it's beautiful and you're just like yes it's such <laughs> it's such satisfaction that nothing else mm. could compare to <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god i love them thank you for sharing those two oh, confessions good. those are great yeah, i really like quite, them i appreciate it yeah that's my they were my two the first one was oh at the time i was so embarrassed but yeah i just felt better for it in the end because well i learned that you know just be honest with supervisors and professors you know yeah obviously yes it's important to impress but <laughs> you know make sure you know what you're doing is the moral of that story and yeah, the home developing. That was quite funny. Um, I'm trying to think of any other... Con- what's the kind of other confessions? What what do other people usually... Um, so you get a mix, you know, like people who kind of like broke things, p- people who have like blamed things on other people. I think mm. those are two good ones. I think, you know, don't... I think people people are like, oh, I think that's really rubbish. I'm always like, it's not. It's, it, they're good confessions. And if everyone's was were the same, it would be boring. So... I really like yeah. those too. I think those are really oh, good. good. I'm good. Yeah, because like I think like everyone at some point has broken something in the yeah, lab or yeah. you know, at least accidentally hit something over by accident. But yeah, no, that's good. I love that. 
well you're not alone obviously I get people to send in some of their own confessions anonymously of course so I picked out a selection to share with you today for us to discuss the first one is about working from home now I've picked this one just because it really made me cackle when I read it I was like this is really (laughs) funny so I'm a PhD student and whilst I was working from home during the pandemic I had a lot of meetings with my supervisory team now I'm a mum of two under seven, so life can be a bit manic sometimes. I was having a quick toilet break before my meeting with my supervisors when I heard my six-year-old chatting away. Nothing weird about that, right? Well, no, there's not, until I walked into my office and saw that my child had somehow managed to tune into a Teams meeting and was talking to my supervisors. Not only that, she was telling them how mummy had burned last night's tea. My supervisors found it really funny as I was frantically apologising and dragging her out. And trust me when I say I had a lot to say to my husband who was meant to be watching them. They also joke about my burn pasta now. That is quality, isn't it? (laughs) I was like, you poor, poor thing. Do you reckon she must have put it on then before she went to the bathroom and then... Well, what I was wondering, you know, like sometimes if you're a bit late to a meeting and somebody calls you in and it like mm. rings and I'm wondering, was ah. it like ringing on her screen? And if, how, how old did she say the child was? Six. So like if they've been doing school Zoom sessions or something, maybe like she just knew how to like click accept or something. And it's just kind of like, <sighs> oh, I was just like, oh, no, 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 That's no, no. I think we've all had them awkward teams meetings haven't we where yeah. i don't know we forget we forget we're actually in the meeting and then we're, we're talking someone's like oh sorry act professionally yeah. you get you get up to get something from the side and you show everybody your like pink fluffy <laughs> pajama bottoms that didn't happen to me what do you mean <laughs> <laughs> right that's a confession as well did, <laughs> did you did you always dress smart in your team's meeting i want to know <sighs> right i started out well right I was I really went in with the best intentions and I always I got dressed in the morning I would like make sure I had like jeans on and like a t-shirt and a bra like I was on it then it sort of like dwindled more and more into like I'd turn up and I'd just got out of the shower and I'd have like soaking wet hair and I'd be like pulling on clothes never never obviously I always had clothes on (laughs) I should should say that (laughs) it's always fully clothed on these meetings (laughs) but uh, there was a few that I turned up to um sort of like catch-ups with our like postgraduate office where I was like in my pajamas with my dressing gown on and I did sometimes have like a smart top on and then not so smart bottoms on like the time when I went to get a notebook out of my bag, which is like in the corner of my room, and I moved off camera and everybody saw my pink fluffy pyjama bottoms. That is quality. <laughs> See, I'm quite weird with this. I think I might have done it once for one of the teams. But I've got this weird thing of when I'm working at home, mm. I can't, I've got to dress up. As in, That's fair enough. Dress smart. To like make sure you're kind of like switched on. Yeah, when I told my friends that, they couldn't stop laughing. They were like, you're in your house, just just wear your pyjamas or something. I'm like, mm. I don't know, just... I think I get it, because if I if I wear, like, comfy clothes, I, I almost associate that with relaxing, so I can't kind of, like, get my head in the game, 
which is why mm. I said like when I first started out I always wore like jeans and a t-shirt um but I always tried to dress like smart on the top because I yeah. found that like as long as I was smart on the top I still felt fairly smart it was more like I felt a bit uncomfortable if I was kind of just sat on my desk all day and like yeah, yeah, yeah. tight jeans or something but I do totally get that I think that's a thing I don't think you are weird for that because I think you okay associate like wearing clothes with working so I don't think that's strange at all but maybe like it it depends on what you do and how you work from home and how regularly you do it because I suppose Mm -hmm. if that's all you're used to then maybe you would just wear comfy clothes that's true that is true I'm trying to think I think I presented last year it was just in a university conference I'm sure I wore pajamas then, like well, not on top. <laughs> That'd be yeah, awkward. Yeah. But down below. Because yeah, I must and I wore sliders. I love wearing sliders in the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love coffee breaks as well. That's the only issue with working from oh, home. Too many coffee yeah. breaks. So like much coffee. coffee and tea, yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah, because if I'm at work, I don't tend like if I'm in the lab, I don't tend to drink as much yeah. coffee because it's like instant coffee, and I'm apparently a coffee snob, and it has to be out of my coffee <laughs> machine now. So if I'm working from home, I'm constantly just like, I'm just gonna go and get myself a latte. And then yeah. um, I was talking to our like director the other day about this actually, because I was like, and it would get to like maybe about five o'clock at night, and I'd just like slip a little bit of Bailey's into my coffee, and I'd be like, it's fine, it's like an aperitif. <laughs> 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 oh my gosh that's brilliant uh but okay yeah. so that was confession number one now this one is like a little quick one that I just thought I would fire in there um because I just thought this was ingenious so this is what I've called like a quick fire round uh at a lab Christmas party I stole some falcon tubes and used them as hip flasks in clubs <laughs> I think that's oh, genius honestly <laughs> Say that again. What? So she, she, he, whoever it was, was at a lab Christmas party, stole some falcon tubes, and then used them as hip flasks in clubs. Oh my god! (laughs) I don't know if that's genius. Oh my gosh! (laughs) How was there a lab party? What? what's going on just do, do labs have parties so we don't this. so whenever people like no. but then I so I work with somebody who goes out with her old lab group and they have mm. like Christmas get-togethers and it's like a whole day kind of like on the town and I'm just like who are these people and where are they because we don't do that yeah I think I went for a coffee with my supervisors yeah oh, research team um but yeah, that sounds fun. A lab party night out. Oh my gosh. Is this like a, are we talking out out? Or are we just talking just a spoons, two beers? Like what's going well, on? I mean, based on the fact that she said she's using hip flasks, I'm going to go yeah. ahead and assume that it's not just a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I need to find these labs. What's going on? I know. I should have asked and like been like, can I just get like a cheeky invite next time you go? <laughs> but then also, I'm not sure I want to be an accessory to stolen falcon tubes. <laughs> yeah, you can't do your experiment on Monday because of so-and-so taking them on Friday night. Oh, oh gosh, can you imagine? Honestly, I just, some people are bald. I, I, don't, I wouldn't dare. I absolutely wouldn't dare. I've never taken anything home like that from the lab. I think have I taken anything? Mm, no, I haven't. 
was wondering if I ever took it back, but no. Mm. I don't know what. What would you do with it at home, though? <laughs> coffee in it. I don't know. <laughs> like an artisan cup. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's cold. Eh? Uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny. I thought I'll shove that in yeah. there just to get your opinion on that because I was like, good sort of genius, but also don't get caught and also send us some invites next time. I'll uh, drop our ads <laughs> in the description. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds good. So this confession is now, before I started recording, you said that you liked the episode with Liv where we were talking yep. about egging a supervisor's car. I think you might like this one because it's along the same lines. So I'm pleased that I picked this one out for you. So my supervisor had really annoyed me by never acknowledging me and always cancelling our meetings. We were already off to a bad start. Then she made me cancel my weekend away with my boyfriend and I was so, so disappointed. It had been booked for weeks, but she said that she couldn't work that weekend. So I had to instead. We managed to still go out for dinner in town one night and guess who we saw at the bar? Absolutely off her face. My supervisor. I was so angry. She made me cancel my night out so that she could go on a night out that I did what any sane student would do. I went into the kitchen on Monday morning and I aggressively fingered her sandwich. <laughs> 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 no, no, that's fake. Oh my god, I'm gonna yell. I need a minute after. <laughs> now, just for context, oh I, I asked god. what type of sandwich it was because I was like, I feel like that's important. <laughs> because, like, what sort of damage are you gonna be doing if it's like a ham sandwich? Probably not a lot. It was an egg sandwich, so like squishy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I really oh. wish that this was a video cast because your face is just amazing right now oh my gosh <laughs> what is this stuff can't be real, I'm a, real? I, some of the confessions oh that I get I'm like this absolutely that this isn't real and then I read it again and I'm like there's some strange people in the world maybe it is <laughs> I don't know what to say about that that's god <laughs> isn't it insane I mean... I I would never. I'm gonna throw that out there right now. I I wouldn't. I couldn't. What if somebody it's, like found out? It's the thing. Do you know when you said she went in the kitchen? Mm. I thought she was gonna be like to ask her. You know why did you make me? Ah uh, yeah, to like grab? yeah to confront. I wasn't expecting the, the sam. Why the sandwich? Where's this coming <laughs> from? What, what's the egg sandwich then? It's just it's just there on a Monday, ready to eat. Oh, it's just an God. innocent sandwich. <laughs> Why? Why? That's the worst way of attacking. Oh my gosh. I suppose it's kind of like, I don't know if, if you listened to the episode. I think it was Liv's episode, actually, okay. where somebody, uh, their supervisor had left left them off the paper and they'd got it printed on like a mug that they were drinking right. out of in the lab. And then they went oh, in with yeah, a Sharpie yeah. and like wrote their name on it. I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like if you don't want to confront them and you want to do something super, super passive aggressive... <laughs> then like do something like that i uh, i can't i absolutely That's, can't condone it yeah. but 
Oh, what what state was the sandwich left in? You know, was it edible? Was it in the bin after? I like, should have asked that. Yeah. It surely she couldn't have just left it in the fridge. No way. You couldn't just leave. I don't know. She did say because I did say, did the supervisor ever say anything? And she said no. So maybe they just thought they'd like dropped it or something. In which case, was the damage that bad? I don't know. I'm. I feel like I'm the sort of person where, like, I would notice straight away because I'm very fastidious about like my food and I like inspect it and make sure that there's no like mold and like fluff and stuff on it. Mm. So I can't. Oh, I just don't know. I just. I have a lot of questions that I've just gone completely unanswered. I need to come on this podcast more. I didn't know all these confessions were out. Oh my gosh! I <laughs> me thinking I'm a rebel putting black bin liners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, come back, come back on when you've uh, done something to a sandwich, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I didn't realize. Like, I it still surprises me when I hear how bad, you know. Because even when before I started the PhD, you know, I seen uh, you know you got like um, oh, what's it called on Twitter? You know, you see all the different PhD students, you know, posting their tweets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Even then, I was surprised, you know, with you know how much some people just just don't get on with a supervisor I've never yeah and they're quite like open about it aren't they yeah I'm very I'm very careful about what I put on like Instagram and Twitter about the people who I work with not that I have Mm -hmm. anything horrible to say about my supervisor but if I did I wouldn't be posting it online like what some people do so some people are just bold like I said at the start some people are just bold yeah I just I'm just shocked because I don't really know anyone that doesn't like personally you know like yeah in, in yeah. The university um usually like everyone I know gets on well with a supervisor you've got that work kind mm. of relationship yeah um, where would you stand on yeah. that though if like your supervisor had said to you you're gonna have to cancel your weekend away that you've had planned for months because I can't work this weekend the funny thing for me is, is like, I've kind of got the opposite effect. I kind of, my supervisors are too laid back. They kind of, oh, you know, do the work, but you know, don't, don't, don't do too much. You know, mm. if you're, if you're stressed and just wait a week or do it the week after kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, tell me to do loads. Oh. <laughs> I, I want you to tell me when you want deadlines by so yeah. I can get it done. Yeah. Mine are very chilled. Um, uh, For me personally, I think like a work relationship is very important. So Mm. yeah you won't see me touching anyone's sandwiches apart from my own <laughs> I don't I, to be honest I don't think you're going to find many people touching other people's sandwiches I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that <laughs> yeah I, I can't understand what do you think the reason was for her to not go away this particular I've never been asked to not do something or like you know I guess f- from what it kind of reads like it sounds like the supervisor already had plans and something needed doing and it was a case of like it's either you or me so you're gonna have to cancel your plans which is selfish I think Mm. but I wouldn't retaliate like that I think I would try and just kind of talk about it and be like look I've booked this weekend away I'm gonna lose money if I don't go like it's been planned for months I've had you know you were aware of it for months but then if maybe if you like you hadn't said, oh, I don't know. It's really hard. There's a lot of variables at play there. I, I don't think there's, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, questioning it. I think it's really important to 
to have discussions with your supervisors if you're not happy with something. I think that's one 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 advice. You know, I know I know it's not about giving advice this podcast, but if I was to give advice, I definitely think it's important to have them discussions if you're not comfortable with something because. I've sometimes overthought something from a, a previous conversation mm. and then actually when you discuss it you realize actually no that's not what they meant or I know this is a bit different because you they've had to cancel the weekends but yeah I think it's really important to make sure you get that relationship where you feel confident to ask but I guess some people probably don't have that or maybe you know the supervisors might take it personally as well it's, it's very difficult isn't it yeah you're right but I I definitely agree I think and I, I do ask at the end actually what kind of advice you would give to people so this is a really nice bit to kind of fit in here and I would agree completely I think communication is just so so important and even sort of laying out what your expectations are from the beginning like I remember kind of very early on having a conversation with my supervisor where she was like look I expect you to work Monday through to Friday I don't expect you to work evenings if you want to that's fine you might occasionally need to that is what it is I don't expect you to work weekends like it's fine if you take time off and you will leave like you're entitled to time away and like from the get-go she's been very supportive of that so I've never felt awkward messaging her or emailing her rather and sort of saying oh can I have this date in as annual leave or occasionally I have um, like a hospital appointment on a morning and I'm like, oh, I'll make that up at the end of the day. And she's like, no, don't be silly. Like you work mm. long hours some days, it's totally fine. So I think if you have that communication from the get-go, then situations like this wouldn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I think the other thing what I find really important as well, I think as a PhD, because it's so individualized and it's your work, Mm. I think straight away it's the automatic or the first response is always you know what do you want to get out of it and yes I completely agree that is the most important thing but the one thing I've tried this year and I found to really work is to ask what your supervisors expect of you as well just so you you're both on the same wavelength then because if you know what they're expecting of you then you can make realistic goals together of yeah. yeah, being able to achieve them. I think that's really important. I've, I've really found that that has benefited me a lot, especially the last year. Um, because, yeah, I know what they want from me and then I know what I want from this experience myself. And 100%. yeah, that's really, that's really helped me. Yeah, I think that's wise. And I think that's really good advice. And actually a very nice place for us to stop, actually, because those are all the confessions that I'd asked for this week. <laughs> Um, and that I put down for you and as I said I always ask at the end if there is any advice so thank you I think that was you know your your perspectives on those confessions were hilarious and brilliant but also your advice is very well rounded so I think that was excellent so is there anything that you'd like to kind of say just at the end is a I always say like if you'd like to promote anything like obviously you've got your own podcast if you'd like to promote your Instagram things like that feel free to just shut them out now and obviously I'll put everything into the description so that people can find you of course yeah um well first of all I'd like to say thank you for having me on and um yeah if anyone does want to contact me I've got Instagram I have got my own podcast called the research lounge I have been a bit quiet with everything at the moment in terms of uh, social media just because I'm very busy in the lab at the moment 
uh, trying to get as much as I can done. I've got a few other kind of exciting uh, lab projects going on at the moment as well with my PhD, but I am hoping to spare some more time in the next few months to get back into my social media. So yeah, Instagram podcast and yeah if you want to message me about anything i'm happy to help anything science or phd related definitely and i'm i say this every week but obviously i would encourage people to follow you and check out your social media because you do some very interesting research that obviously you've spoken a little bit about today but also you cover the people's research on your podcast which I mean obviously I'm biased because I like to chat about other people's research on here but I think it's really nice to kind of get the word out there about other people and what other amazing things are kind of going on in the science world so yeah Yeah, brilliant thank you again so much for coming on and we might have to get you back for season two I think (laughs) hey hey, yeah sounds good see what I'm like then but um I'll say in Welsh which means thank you very much and uh yeah brilliant thanks so much okay and there you have it there was my episode with the lovely Joe. I really hope that you enjoyed that honestly I feel like I just laughed from start to finish not just because Joe had some excellent confessions but also because of some of the confessions that I'd received from you guys who are listeners If you do want to get in touch with the podcast, as always, I will pop the details in the description and I would urge you to send me your confessions. It's always good to get these things off your chest and, you know, share them with the group. It's really a good way to kind of clear your conscience and let us share something that probably a lot of other people have done. Although I am just going to throw this out there. I'm not sure many other people will have fingered their supervisor's sandwiches. I'm just saying. But anyway, I will also put Joe's details in the description below. Please do check him out. Check out his podcast. Listen to the podcast episode that I was on. It's a great one. I know that I'm biased, but it was good. (laughs) And yeah, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Please do think about rating, subscribing, maybe even dropping me an email to let me know how you are finding the podcast because feedback is always great. Please continue your support. I really appreciate it. And I will see you again in two weeks time. Thanks, guys. See you all later. Bye.